Why do you torture your wife with this stuff on our show, by the way? Howdy, you're listening to Come and Take It, a talk show about Texas by Texans, where three friends born and raised in the Lone Star State share views on the history, culture, and just what it means to be Texan. I'm Mike Zolkowski. I'm Sean McIver. And I'm Scott Ostrom. Texas Englishmen, Bob Dylan clones, and freak out cowboys. Today, we take a look at some of the obscurities of Texas music, 60s garage bands, and psychedelia. But first, what's your favorite animal to make boots from? Well, um, I've never actually made boots uh, or worn boots that weren't made from cow leather. But my dad, when I was a kid, had some pretty sweet ostrich skin boots. Um, I always thought those looked nice. But if anything's on the table, I mean anything, um, then why not some uh, chupacabra boots? I'd wear those. Yeah, maybe, maybe. Well, I wasn't actually, the question wasn't actually, have you made your own boots? But uh, (laughs) uh, listen, it might be a little gauche, but I'm going to say there's no more noble destiny for the humble Texas rattlesnake than to grace my feet. They they kind of look terrible on some people, though. (laughs) They don't look great on everybody. And I certainly don't own a pair of those. (laughs) Make sure you get the ones with the the snake heads right there. Oh, yeah. Yes, oh, of course. To match your hat band. Uh, I'm going to go with jackalope. Jackalope. Mm. (laughs) Don't your antlers clank when you walk? (laughs) No, I, I would say if it's not jackalope, then it has to be a gator that you've killed and butchered yourself and made into boots. That would, it would you know, you have to do it, though, like hand-to-hand combat with oh. that gator. Oh, you know what I and, just remembered? I'm and act- then you earn those boots. Yeah, yeah. Well, I actually remembered I'm vegan, so I would make mine out of a potato. <laughs> this, is not, this is not a boot podcast. This is a history no. podcast. Now, this is your podcast. Well, today, this is a Texas music podcast. So, today's episode, we're going to talk about an album that I absolutely love. Uh, It's actually, unfortunately, it is an out-of-print album. Uh, In the 1990s, Rhino Records released three albums uh, that were in the Texas music series. And I actually got the first one in back when we were in college. Uh, And it's Texas, uh, it is uh, uh, Western Swing and Honky Tonk music. Uh, and I've had that for years, and I love that album. It's one of my very favorite top ten albums. Um, and then for years, I wanted the other two albums. I never could get them. Finally, I got them recently on CD. Uh, and the second one is post-war blues combos. But then the third one is really fantastic. It's Garage Bands and Psychedelia. And so Garage Bands, everybody should know what a garage band is, right? It's a it's a band that, that kids start in their garage or young people start in their garage. They, they maybe get some little you know, play some parties and some dances and things like that. And then they don't really go anywhere. Um, and so, you know, in the 1960s and which is this, this album has all songs from the 1960s. Uh, this is, these are local bands that were formed in Texas that had some had su- some success and some did not. Uh, and then also it's the psychedelic music, the, the, the music of the, of the late sixties. That's really trippy and weird. And, and, uh, this all, but it's all came from Texas. Uh, and so this album is great. I, I love this album. Um, I, I wish that Rhino would have this in print that you could go buy it, but you can't. But we've made a YouTube playlist. But what we're going to do is play a couple of seconds of each of the songs and we're going to talk about them. So 
you guys got a chance to listen to the album as a whole. So what, what did you think of, of the album as a whole? I think it's fantastic. Yeah, it's a real uh, it's a real trip down memory lane. There's a lot of songs you recognize. There's a lot of songs you never heard. Uh, and there's songs you from bands you know but didn't know they did. Uh, again, this this is one of those fun kind of things that we get to do. Like when we did our Texas rock episodes, where sort of these are people and music that come. These are things Texas makes, and Texas should be proud of. And you had no idea it came out of Texas. Mm-hmm. So this is just a, a like a nice peek behind the curtain of some really fun lost classics. So I highly yeah. recommend this album. Yeah, some of these songs, like you said, are songs that people know, uh, and some of these songs are totally lost. And there's like six people that know them. So <laughs> uh, and they're very, very, very big fans of them. So I, I hope that we we shed some light on this. And and again, the nice thing is is that thanks to the magic of YouTube. I think I found original versions without uh, commercials uh, on them of all of these songs uh, on YouTube. So uh, you can go check them out. I will we'll post the playlist link on our on our website when uh, when we and Facebook when we have this episode drop. So let's get started. The very first song is Roy Head's "Treat Her Right." Well, now Roy Head and "Treat Her Right." This is a fun. Um, this is a fun one that we've talked about before and, you know, I've talked about my dad and the band and stuff they did. He, he knew Roy back in the day and, and had some fun stories to share about Roy and this song. Did, uh, did your mom know him? Cause he was from like, he was from Cuero. She had seen him because he was on the local scene. Yeah. But yeah. then at the time they were, dad was telling me they were the house, when they were the house band at Rand- and Randy's. They were bringing in close to 2,000 people on a Thursday night. And so the owner had arranged for Roy to get 20 minutes up front in the set. So he would show up and play 20 minutes with the band uh, and do Treat It Right and do, you know, do kind of his little thing. And then they would play for the next you know, three and a half hours yeah. for, the, for the big dances. But he did tell, tell me one story. He said that they got booked to play in Pleasanton. There's a, a big party they have every year called the cowboy homecoming and they went down to play this and they were you know roy showed up to 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 do a few numbers with them and he said he showed up in this like very um well this very flamboyant jumpsuit with no shirt on and the whole nine yards and everybody's standing it's the cowboy homecoming it's country in pleasant it's out in the middle of pleasant everybody else is standing around in their cowboy boots he's like oh boy yeah, but you know, and then uh, the the other thing is, uh, you know, Roy, he lives in Porter, Texas, just north of Houston, and uh, in in fact, uh, uh, his son Sundance went on to win The Voice, and in fact, was in my sister and him were in elementary school together. Huh? Yeah, she'd come home and be like, Sundance is mean to me today. <laughs> but he's a Texas standard. He's a, he's you know he's he's built his home here in Texas and. You know, it's such an iconic performance. This is such an iconic song. So yeah. you can't go wrong with Treat It Right. What a great song. It is a great song. On uh, Backbeat Records label out of yeah. Uh, Houston. Yeah, yeah. And then they and then it got picked up by TNT. Uh, it became a number two hit. And apparently they were invited to be on American Bandstand, but they couldn't get out of school. So they couldn't go. Um <laughs> But uh, the, the, I know the song because it was featured in uh, the movie, the 1990 movie, The Commitments, about a bunch of Irish kids who form a soul band, a soul review band in, in Dublin. And this is one of the songs 
on there. So uh, I didn't know until the last couple of years there was a Texas connection. But I mean, everybody's covered this song: Tom Jones, Wilson Pickett, Barbara Mandrell, fantastic, song. Bruce Springsteen. Everybody's done it. So it it is it is a big time classic. Okay, so our next song is the Bobby Fuller Four, "Let Her Dance." And we actually did a full episode on Bobby Fuller, who was from El Paso in episode 204, uh, The Mysterious Death of Bobby Fuller. And this, I, I love this song. And I, again, this is another song I'd heard years and years here and there, but I never really sat down and listened to. And I think this is a gorgeous, gorgeous song. Just such a fun song. Um, he was a home recording genius, and he was set to become the Brian Wilson of Texas before he had a very strange death in 1966. Uh, so this song and I Fought the Law are his biggest hits. Like I said, it's a, it's a really good song. It's got a, a really um, full, you know, polished sound. So It's a um, great tune, and it's an iconic tune. But, you know, go back and listen to the episode. Like, his life was, and death was tragic, so. Yeah, I, I can't even imagine what he would have done if he'd, if he'd lived. Because he was planning on moving back to Texas, setting up a full full studio in El Paso, and just cranking out music and that was what he wanted to do because he was sick of LA well who isn't Yeah. and shout out to our LA listeners <laughs> <laughs> alright so the next one is a song by the Chessmen I Need You There so here's the thing to me about the, the Chessmen song is that this sounds like somebody called up the the fake music catalog thing they use in television and movies and it's like <laughs> We need something that's uh, easy to license something that, for a yeah, something that sounds pack. like them. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 It, this sounds. This sounds about as '60s as you can get. '60s psychedelia, right on the nose. Yeah. Well, so they were from Denton. Uh, this was a local hit, uh, and interestingly enough, the singer was their drummer, a gentleman named Doyle Bramhall. Um, he sang the song, uh, and then their guitarist died in a boating accident at Lake Denton in 1966. And so Bramhall called a friend of his from Dallas named Jimmy Vaughn, uh, and he became the guitarist in the band for a little while. Then they changed the lineup again, and then they changed the name again. They needed another guitarist, so who did they call? Jimmy's little brother, Stevie Ray. And they changed the name to Texas Storm which was their first band and uh, Bram Hall stayed with Stevie Ray Vaughan all through his entire career. So it's an interesting heritage. So I think that's the, that's kind of, to me, this is kind of the foundational thing of really some of this music is like the foundation to, in the background to a lot of the famous Texas musicians of the seventies and eighties. This was the stuff they were listening to or even performing in when they were kids. You know, right? That's the deal. Can I ask you a question, John? Mm-hmm. Now, now, how did you say the guitarist died? I, I think he died in a boating accident. This was not like a it. boat accident. <laughs> <laughs> what is that? <laughs> Jaws. So, well, Lake Denton has no giant great white sharks, so <laughs> he probably was drunk and fell off of a boat. Yeah, I don't know. I don't. Yeah. I don't need to disparage Robert Patton, who was the. <laughs> original guitarist for the for the chessman but uh, he did die in an accident oh. according to what i've read okay well i'm this one just all i know is movie quotes there you go okay our next song sam the sham and the pharaoh's juju hand 
<laughs> so this song this is funny to me because this is like somebody said, all right, we're going to need to make a copy of this really popular song for a soap commercial. And we can't really like use the exact song, but we can give, give me something that sounds like it. Gibberish. <laughs> it is gibberish. Absolute gibberish. But so is Wooly Bully. And yes. so, hey, if you're going to, you know, it's, it's a follow-up to Wooly Bully. And basically, it's... Sam the Sham was told, hey, we need another song. And so <laughs> they did this song. It is but, definitely on brand. It is yeah, jibber-jabber and flibber-flabber with the juju and <laughs> Well, it hit 31 on the charts instead of number. Wooly Bully was number one. It still makes money for Samson Pito. Uh, but uh, this song uh, was a modest hit because it charted. But uh, uh, it does have that Conjunto beat, though. You know that 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 Tejano beat that that uh, Wooly Bully had that that people don't necessarily recognize. But I mean, even though the lyrics are silly, it, it does have a that. That really, that really good sound. I think that yeah. still says Texas. Okay, Mike. The next one's your favorite. Sir Douglas Quintet. She's about a mover. I mean, listen. Here's the thing. This guy is great. You got Doug Song. You got Augie Myers. Brilliant stuff. Yeah. So, so the story that I read is very interesting. So, a guy named. Huey Mew was a Cajun singer uh, of the 50s known as the Crazy Cajun. And he was looking for some new success because his music career had ended. And he saw the Beatles or heard them. uh, And he realized that the secret was that their beat was actually on the beat, uh, which is a lot like, you know, a lot of traditional music, like Cajun music and Conjunto and those types of sounds. The sound is on the beat. And so he was like, "We, we can do this. So he called up his buddy, Doug Som, who was from San Antonio, told him to get four friends, grow your hair out, and pretend, and pretend to be a British band and write a Beatles song. And so they did that. He called his buddy, Augie Myers, up, as well as some other friends who were Tejanos, and they all pretended to be British. Um, you told them, uh, don't talk on your interviews or your accents are going to give you away. Um, and then later on, he had to get out of Texas because he had a drug deal that went wrong uh, and co- sort of disappeared from the music industry. But uh, Doug and Augie, and they had a really long career in Texas music. So. <laughs> and someday we'll get around to doing that Texas Tornadoes episode. I think Proper. we did the Texas, didn't we? Did we do that? Uh, we mentioned him when we talked about Tejano uh, music, but we didn't well, actually do a whole episode on the tornado. This song is cool. Yeah, no, no, no. This is a great yeah, song. No, this, this is, is a great song. This is one of the shining gems on this collection. It is a gorgeous song. And Augie Myers is a fantastic keyboard. So we'll hear more from Augie in a few in a little bit. Okay, the next one is a group called Kenny and the Casuals with a K. Uh, and their song Journey to Time with a Y instead of an I. I mean when it says garage bands and psychedelia, this is on brand right here. Yeah. Yeah. Very much. Um they were from Dallas. Uh, and actually, some people have cited them as the first American psychedelic band. Uh, so I don't know what the veracity of that is, but, you know, maybe. Uh, but it is kind of shouty. Uh, there's some hunk elements to it. Um, they never really got out of the Dallas scene. Uh, apparently, the reason for that was because they had a chance to open for the Beatles at Shea Stadium. 
uh, and they didn't want to give up their music rights, so they told the promoter no, and so they got dropped from the bill. Um, but they were popular through the 60s uh, in Dallas, and this 1966 song, it's regarded as a garage classic and a punk influencer. So, But yeah, it sounds, you say, garage band psychedelia, this song is comes in your and comes up immediately and and you know i mean that's the deal is that i think i guess at the time you know the 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 fender guitar was you could buy one for what 30 bucks you know at, at a store you could buy an electric guitar and an amp for, for less than 50 dollars. you know you can yeah. buy a drum set you know for even probably less than that and you know anybody could you know most of the kids took music classes in high school and so you had some kind of level of musical you know uh training background and if you if you were into it you'd just sit down and listen to music and just played along until you into and played in a band in a garage until you you got good enough to get a couple of gigs so that was pretty much every state in the union it's just this this flavor happened to be dallas nice yep Okay, our next band is the Rondells from Fort Worth. If you really want me to, I'll go. You know, it's less uh, psychedelic um, and garage band than some of the others on this album. Um, it, it sounds like something you'd hear. As, as, you know, like I said, uh, Sean said here, it's like a, a standard 60s teen love song. But, um, you know, it's a, it's a good song. Yeah. Uh, and so, yeah, it, that's what I think. It, the, the, the lyrics and everything are very much like you could hear it at a at a sock hop or something. But there's a little bit of a country beat to it, and a and a little bit of a you know a twang to it. Uh, so it gives it kind of a little country element to it. Uh, so the Rondells, uh, the Dell in the Rondells, is Texas country legend Delbert McClinton. This was his first band uh, and his first hit. So. If you're a fan of Delbert McClinton, and actually uh, Waylon Jennings recorded this song, a bunch of other country singers sang it, Delbert, Delbert re-recorded it. Uh, I think it's a very pretty song. I think it's a very pretty sounding song. I'm sending you a link. because This country sound reminded me of, there was a local group in the 70s, uh, 60s, called the Matheny the Matheny Brothers. Mm, yeah, this, oh, yeah. They had this great song called Wearing a Label. Okay. We used to play it, and uh, but he might post the link. I wish that was on his collection because that's that. This is okay, but you know, this is a good now, song. I like the Matheny Brothers. That's uh, that starts out with a fiddle, so it's not it's, it's not off this list. But this other this like yeah, I would say well, it's definitely got that Texas sound to it. Yeah, yeah. We used to do a little faster upbeat version with too, but it's uh, it's got that great line. Like, you know, well, I drink so much, I'm gonna start wearing a label. Been so long since I've been sober at a table. You know, it's when alcoholism was fun. <laughs> All right, let's do this, Nobody's right. Children. Nobody's Children. Nobody's Children. Good times. Yeah. This made me think of, this song makes me think of like something that the Muppet band would do. <laughs> oh, or like, um, like a, like a te- like a, um, uh, like I Dream a Genie episode with a psychedelic band. Oh yeah, yeah, like yeah, 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 like fake psychedelic yeah. music. Yeah, fake psychedelic yeah. music, or like, yeah. Uh, but like but the, you can like, hear Doctor Teeth doing something like this, right? This would yeah. fit right in. 
Yeah, well, or, or even even more like if if Henry Rollins or Lee Ving fronted a, a a garage band of guys who only knew like you know doo wop songs right, or something like obscure. that. Like now it's, you're getting obscure on our poor listening yeah. audience. Well, <laughs> so this was a couple of Dallas brothers, and they convinced a friend of theirs to record them and print a thousand copies of a of an LP of a uh, of a forty five. Uh, and then when they weren't selling, he stuck the box of records in his trunk and forgot about them for a couple of years. Um, so <laughs> this song became a cult favorite, and it's now considered a proto-punk classic. So yeah, I, I can I can hear the punk elements, too, especially that shouty, angry singing, you know, bitter bitter singing. Uh, uh, the lyrics are like, arr, arr. yeah, the lyrics are all, it's all over the map, dude. So. Yeah. You know, yeah. just listen to a few seconds, listen, and push next to folks. <laughs> it's a good song. It's okay. It's all right. Okay, the next one's a well, better song. I mean, for a song that was, you know, recorded by a bunch of guys on a lark and then shoved in a box, yeah. um, the fact that we get to listen to it today is uh, pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think this is one of those, those, those records that they only printed on one side. <laughs> there was no B-side. All right, the next one is a is a classic and a very famous band, uh, the Steve Miller Band, Mercury Blues. So uh, Steve Miller was a guitar virtuoso from Dallas who had traveled the world as a student, and he found himself wounding up in San Francisco uh, playing blues-tinged psychedelia, and he actually was there at the very start of that psychedelic area in San Francisco. Uh, and this was one of his early hits. And it actually features Mike, one of your favorite musicians, fellow Texan Boz Gags on hey, second guitar. He Before is, he, smooth. he he will adopt the smooth a little after this. Yeah. Also featured greatly on the Urban Cowboy soundtrack, so Yes. Yes. And this this song was a I mean, this song is a, is a standard. Uh, it's very bluesy. I mean very you know, and you know who I hear when I hear this song? I actually hear ZZ Top. Uh I hear a lot of influence for ZZ Top. I don't know if you guys hear that. Well, it's blues music, so yeah, they're all kind of yeah, yeah. And as we as we learned before, as we were preparing for this episode, I remember that this song was covered by Alan Jackson in the '90s, and specifically was prostituted for a Ford commercial, uh, for a Ford pickup commercial. Ooh. Yeah, <laughs> commercial. Sorry, <laughs> sorry, Steve Miller. Yeah. Well, let's take a quick break for Casper mattresses. <laughs> <laughs> Me undies. I <laughs> wish. All right, all right, all right, all right, all right. Hey, all right. This is educational. All right, the next one, the Scotty McKay Quintet, Train Kepper Rollin'. So the legend goes that Dallas's Scotty McKay was a young rockabilly guy uh, from the mid-'60s whose career was already on the downslide after he was uh, he was um, pretty much a never was. Um, so he decided to pick up blues rock, uh, and he spread the story that he had sent the master of this cover, uh, which of this blues standard, of Train Kepper Rollins' blues standard, uh, to his friend Jimmy Page of the Yardbirds, who also had a more well-known hit from this song. Uh, and Page overdubbed the song's guitar tracks. That's the story that Mr. Scotty McKay spread. Now, I'd say probably not, but it's a good story. You know, might have sold a couple of records. It is a good story. Um, 
you know, in this one of those, you hear it's like, oh, yeah. The Aerosmith version is probably one of the last covers of it. Oh, yeah. And one that always sort of comes to mind. That was. Um, that's, yeah, that's the one. All right, that next one. And this is the, I think this is the gem of this album. Uh, this may be my favorite song. <laughs> I think this might be. Yeah, the legendary Stardust Cowboy with Paralyzed. So take a minute to listen to this song <laughs> and then listen to it again. Um, so Lubbock's Norman Odom wandered into a recording studio in Fort Worth in 1968, uh, already having devised a character that he had invented on some talent shows that he'd lost in Texas Tech University. Uh, and despite no discernible talent, musicality or sense was able to talk his way into recording this single. And uh, interestingly enough, those the drums that you hear being barely played were by T-Bone Burnett, a local musician who happened to be at the studio at the time. And the song actually was recorded by a major label, picked up, released. I'm sure it got played on Dr. Demento, uh, if Dr. Demento was around in 1968. Uh, it got him an appearance on Rowan and Martin's Laugh-In, uh, although he walked off the scene because he was irritated that the cast was goofing on him during the performance. Uh, there's a YouTube link to this. you got to watch it. It is pretty crazy. Um, and it's a lot has been actually written about the legendary Stardust Cowboy. Think about the, the first initials of that name. Uh, it's been said that his career was a product of desperation because Lubbock was so boring. Uh, and then in 1994, the famous Book of Lists named this song the worst song released by a major label, saying that Ledge, as he's known by his fans, was a one-man band incapable of playing any instrument, singing in tune, or keeping time even with himself, <laughs> which is absolutely true. Uh, but a lot of people do consider this a genuine outsider art classic, and some people actually think that he pretty much invented psychobilly music. And uh, he still performs, records to this day to the confusion, to the confusion of nearly everybody but his fans. This song is next level insanity. Well, I, there's nothing else to say about this. I just everybody out there just give that slow golf clap, yeah. that Rudy well, clap, well, you know, and you then know, we'll move on. The one thing I want to say about this is, you know, I was this popped up in the middle of, you know, I was listening to this driving in the car today, and um, this one popped up. And one of the first things I thought after listening to this, you know, I was like, what the heck is this? You know, you know, this is completely uh, nonsensical. I don't know if there's any discernible lyrics in the entire thing. Um, but then it occurred to me, I was like, this sounds like it could have been um, a Butthole Surfer song. Yeah. And, you know, it's got all of the elements that I remember from, from those guys. And, you know, right in the middle, there's this weird, funky trumpet solo out of nowhere and um i think it's great yeah you know? uh, and, i mean and, it's it's crazy and bizarre but it's it's a lot of fun yeah if you listen to the but their early songs too the battle surfers early songs uh where they're really avant-garde and not you know you know later on as they were getting more commercial they they did have tunes you know and lyrics such and, a sellout man yeah but uh <laughs> I mean, this guy. I mean, and, and I've seen I've seen clips of him from later on in the '90s and in the 2000s, and he's still nutty. He's still a weird guy. So, uh, but you know, if people think people are drawn to this music, so hey, he's he's definitely a Texan. 
I'll give him that. And yes, Lubbock is boring. So, you yeah, know. I don't know. This is my favorite song on the album. Uh, I, I, it's not quite mine, but it is. It, I, it is a. It is endearing in its own way. It's next level bonkers. It is indeed. All right, so our next song, we go way back, way back, folks, to 1960 with the Nightcaps and Thunderbird. White Boy Blues. Um, Thunderbird. Yeah, pretty much. It's, it's, I mean, this is a Dallas band, White Boy Blues combo. Uh, they never really became a big deal, but I'll guarantee you this. Every single Texas blues and rock fan of that generation had this record. And if you go to Willie Nelson's Picnic, you go to Adair Saloon, you go to Threadgills, you go to the Armadillo World Headquarters, somebody somewhere is going to sing out, hi, everybody, get high. I mean, that's this going to happen. Um, Stevie Ray Vaughan had this song on his set list for his whole career. And I'm pretty sure Willie Nelson has played this song. Everybody, Everybody's played this song. So this is, again, this is one of those foundational songs. This is like early, just like everybody knew this song and loved this song if they were in Texas in 1960. It's a cool song, I mean, but it's certainly dated. It's very much a product of its time. Okay, the next song. Floyd Day Kill Combo, Dance Franny Dance. I mean, this to me is like the uh, we're going to film a surf movie but we don't have budget to go to California, so we're just going to do it out in Lubbock. Yeah. <laughs> You're going to be the local. The local band's going to show up and play their yeah. song, Dance Franny Dance. Well, I played this for Cassandra. Uh, and Why do you touch your wife she, with this stuff on our show, by the way? Listen, she said that she thought of The Wonders. Oh. From, from That Thing You Do, which we, we both love that movie. So it, it, it very much is like, she's like, it sounds like every single song of the early 1960s. And yeah, it's, yeah, exactly. I still think you should make your wife sign a waiver before you make her watch <laughs> some of these movies with us. <laughs> she has not forgiven you uh, yet for Long Wolf McQuay. Genius. So Dance for Any Dance, like, I, I really love the... You know, it's just it's the old school dance dance sound. You know, it's just, this is yeah. this is what you know I think of as like just '60s music. Like, like this would sound great over like a tiny crappy AM transistor radio. You'd hear this at a hop, right? Or at a or at a the or at a fish under the sea dance or I don't whatever. Know what it you was. millennials call it, Sean? But yes, a school <laughs> dance. Yes. Yeah. Uh, it it reminds you know, the other thing it reminds me of mm. uh, the band uh, that plays at the dance in Greece. Oh yeah, yeah, it is, it is a bit like that. Too. Which I think that band was actually shown enough, but mm-hmm. you know that that in, in real life it was shown enough. But in the- it's the last yeah. Well, it's, that's the thing about early sixties is it's you know it's like progressive fifties, but it still hasn't like it's still wearing like Letterman sweaters and stuff. Yeah. hasn't grown up yet to really yeah. find its roots. They, they hadn't heard the Beatles yet, basically. Yeah, I mean, um, I've never seen that thing you do, but um, this, oh my gosh. this sounds exactly like the, uh, the type of song that I would expect to hear in that movie. So um, I agree with your, your assessment. Yeah, look on your doorstep tomorrow morning. I will be dropping off that. <laughs> I'm sure if I really wanted to watch it, I could find it. So thank you. It's a classic. 
It's only an underrated so, classic. Only so many hours in the day. Uh, you should stay up to watch it. It's only like 90 minutes long. <laughs> it's got a great performance by Steve Zahn, who I think is a Texan. Yeah. It, you know, this was recorded at the Bronco Bowl. I've been yeah. to the Bronco Bowl. May it yeah. rest in peace. Yeah. Oh, well. Okay. Well, the next one is we're a little bit later in the 60s. The Loose Ends. He's a nobody. Oh, yeah. This is the Beatles ripoff. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So uh, the only thing, I mean, this is a very much a Beatles rip. Uh, but yeah. the, the Loose Ends was a band uh, that was future production superstars uh, and member of drummer for Starship Cowboy, T-Bone Burnett, was his first band. So uh, a lot of he's, T-Bone Burnett is a Fort Worth guy who's made a ton of music over the years and produced a whole more ton of soundtracks. Uh, the O Brother Reacto soundtrack has won some Oscars, works a lot with the Coen brothers. But uh, Mr. Burnett, this was his first song, our first, yeah, his first hit song. So, but it's very much a Beatles song. <laughs> I mean, yeah, there's no, this. there's, there's no, yeah, they cop, they copied. It's fine, they copied. Yeah, it's a good song. But yeah. You could drop it into, you could drop it into a mix with. Uh, it's you, good. You could even it's put fine. it on a, you could put it on an extended version of Revolver and say it's a, it's another, it's a Beatles lost track and people would believe it. Probably, probably, but everybody was trying to copy those guys anyway. Oh yeah, you <laughs> can't blame them. All right, let's move on. Yeah. All right, the next one. This one is actually from 1973, uh, but it is a 1960s song by a Texan from the 1960s, Augie Myers, She Belongs to Me. The thing about Augie is, like, he is as Texan as they come. I mean, we already talked about him in uh, She's About a Mover with the Sir Douglas Arthur Quintet. You know, but the guy's been around forever, and he's, uh, you know, he's just one of those regional guys that you just... You know, and then I just was so happy when um, he and the Texas Tornadoes reached you know, such heights of national prominence and had so many hits. Because he's a really creative writer. He writes funny songs, but they're not, you know, it's like if Jimmy Buffett was funny and talented and from Texas. <laughs> <laughs> he, he is an amazing keyboardist. He's a great keyboardist, and he can play the accordion, too. Yeah. So... So, so this is a cover of a Bob Dylan song, actually, a very famous Bob Dylan song, and it's a really good cover of a of a really good Bob Dylan song. Well, Augie went on, and he actually played keyboards on one of Bob Dylan's later albums as well. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Scott, what'd you think? Um, I that was my first thought. I was like, this sounds like Bob Dylan, and I was like, oh wait, yeah, it is Bob Dylan's song. If you but, think this um, one sounds like Bob Dylan, just get ready. <laughs> Just get ready. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, I mean, Augie Myers, you know, what else can you say? And he's, his ability and his, uh, you know, he can do any kind of music. I mean, we've got just in this, we've got that uh, Sir Douglas Quintet song. You know, that's one style. He's got this style. It's like Bob Dylan. You know, he went on to do um, what I know him mostly from, which is the Texas Tornadoes, Tejano stuff. It's just... He's a legend. Well, I will tell you, I I was I did find stumble across he and he, Dylan and Myers have been friends for years, and so there's all kinds of little quotes about um, like there's a quote from Dylan in '65 saying like you know 
Is anybody recommending here? And then goes, I'm glad you asked. Yeah, there's the uh, Sir Douglas Quintet. I think they're going to have a chance to really hit the commercial airways. they got songs. But he has a, a quote about him talking about Augie Myers. And he goes on about just how the guy... He's like an intellectual who goes fishing using bookworms. But he's a, <laughs> he's a shining example of a musician who can break the code. His playing speaks volumes. It speaks in tongues, actually. He can bring a song... Certainly anyone of mine into the real world. And he just goes on and on about it. So he's like, oh, wow, that's really nice. Bob Dylan, you know, saying nice things about about his buddy Augie. But apparently, you know, they've, they've known each other a while. So, I, now, I don't mind him ripping off the Dylan. But then this next <laughs> one is going to blow your yeah. uh, blow your mind, people. Yeah, so Mouse and the Traps, a public execution. <laughs> this song. <laughs> I mean, it's... That's okay. not a Bob Dylan song. There yeah. is... It's a bunch of guys from East Texas who sang a song. They play a sped up version of, of How Does It Feel in a slightly different key. And then, you know, they're not even different right key. Down to the, right down to the... You! <laughs> <laughs> and then they said, like, could you sound more like Bob Dylan? Okay. No, no any point. And it's like, no, no, really sell it. <laughs> The funny thing is, is I've, re- I've read anecdotal information on some of these, some of the stuff on them that people really thought it was Bob Dylan recording under a different name, Mouse in the Traps. Like, wow! But it is, it is a Bob Dylan. I, I actually like the song. I think it's actually really good. But it is Dylan as Dylan can be. Yeah. It's, Which is it's, weird. Yeah. Well, you know, if I learned anything from that old movie, Multiplicity, you know how a copy of a copy is just not as good? It's just, it's a copy of a copy. It's well, the funny thing is, is that some of their other stuff is, is actually, they kept performing and it is less Bob Dylan and a lot more proto-punk. And so, you know, but well, they never cool. went anywhere. Yeah, well, they should have put that one on this album, not this, this copy. Well, this copy. is definitely it. I mean, that's why they put it right next to the Augie Myers, the actual Bob Dylan song. Yeah. The guy who has Bob Dylan on his phone on speed dial versus these guys who are stuck in Beaumont working in a transmission shop. Got it. To be fair, I think Moving at, the time he, at the time he probably had him in his Rolodex. Yeah. My Philofax. Yeah. Okay, the next one. The 13th floor elevators. You're going to miss me when I'm gone. I mean, this is the Electric Jug song. Yes. And that's all indeed. you need to remember about this. It is it is a great song. Um, <laughs> it, it is it's one of the... Well, it is crazy. It is... I mean, Roki Erickson had mental problems and drug problems, but uh, it is, to me, it, it sounds harrowing as far as, like, just, like, that howl that he has, that shriek, is... is it's kind of frightening actually it's like it's like listening to a meltdown <laughs> nice yeah i mean it, really it's it's cool man it, it, it's cool this is like again we talked about this one before on that previous episode but you know 13 floor elevators is just one of those things that uh, it's one of those great things you can drop and it makes you sound really smart in a music conversation yeah even if you don't know anything about them just say oh i don't know the 13 floor elevators People go, ooh, ooh, this guy knows music. Yeah. All right. Well, last on our list is Johnny and Edgar Winter, Fast Life Rider. 
So uh, Johnny and Edgar Winter were our famous albino uh, brothers from Beaumont who were, uh, Johnny was the guitar player, Edgar's the keyboardist, and we both went on to have big hits later on. I mean, Edgar Winter he did Free Ride, which is one of the all-time classic 70s rock songs. But uh, this song came from the very first ever three-sided album. <laughs> it was... <laughs> One album had two sides, and the other one had one side, and the other side wasn't printed. So, uh, but it's long and bluesy and kind of trippy. So, my least favorite song on the album. Actually. Uh, yeah. I mean, it's it's cool. It's a little bit of history, and then go get out your uh, Days and Confused soundtrack and go listen to Frankenstein. Yeah, put your eight track in. <laughs> I mean, they, you know, these guys are they're. They're super talented and, and, and iconic, so can't beat that. Uh, don't be fooled by the back. ending with the fake fade out and the comeback in, because they've still got like three minutes of jamming to put in your ear holes, people. <laughs> imagine if you saw them in concert. That <laughs> song would be 16 hours long. We could have put this thing in, and we could have clocked it in at three three minutes and two seconds, but nope, we're going to stretch it out to 6.58 just for you. <laughs> Uh, ironic titles of song Fast Life Rider Not a fast song No No I, I don't uh, Yeah This this the, Here's the thing I love These guys I think they're talented But at a certain point Like there's this Jam band phenomenon And it just becomes Noodling <laughs> It's like uh, You know The best part of writing Is editing folks <laughs> Get in and get out. Three minutes. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, come Ramones on. had it right. Ninety some seconds. Mu- some music calls for uh, just kind of letting it go, and seeing what happens. And I would I would argue that uh, psychedelic blues is uh, one of those that calls for that. Oh no, it does. It does. It's just uh, I'm just for those who are not into psychedelic garage rock, but who are diligent listeners who are going to go and listen to this YouTube playlist or go behind this album, which I recommend you do actually. Uh, it's just just know that, you know, it's uh, it's uh, like 15 hits and some that, that could have been. Yep. And uh, Psychedelic Cowboy, number one. Oh my gosh, that thing is, that is bonkers. That <laughs> oh, is, that legendary that that could, legendary Stardust. That could, but like, Stardust Cowboy. You know, it's like one of my favorite. My, my favorite other podcast, non-history podcast, is the still the "How did this get made?" And that that's one I've. I just how did this get made? I would love to just like, <laughs> like just two just hours of people walk, breaking down how did this happen? And said, uh, "I want to make a song." You know, I just this is like time machine. Kill Hitler. Then go to this studio and watch that guy make this song because it's nuts. That bonkers. <laughs> Yeah, uh, so you can pick up a copy off of eBay. Um, there's one available right now for $4.99, and the other one's available for $15.19. I think that might be a little overpriced, but uh, maybe not. It's out of print. so uh, Or you can just go and you know listen to our playlist on YouTube. So <laughs> in either case, I really, I really wish that uh, Rhino would re reissue these albums because I think every Texan really needs to have these albums 
Um, and I really think that, or at least hear the songs. The first album, one of my favorite, classic, very classic, old, obscure, Western swing music. Um, oh, here's a cassette for twelve ninety nine, Mike. Should I pick that up for you? Um, no. Okay. <laughs> uh, this is, I yes. sold my jam box years ago. Oh, okay. well, there you go. Um, I, and I don't think these are on vinyl either. So, uh, uh, you know, you could also spend a gobsmack of money going and hunting down these <laughs> 45s. Uh, and uh, you might get lucky and find most of them. Um, so, but anyway, it's, it's a, these are great albums. This is great music. Um, and, and it's good that we can expose some of these, some of these groups and these songs to our listeners. Yeah, yeah. So, and uh, if you guys have some other obscure classics or interesting stories of, hey, maybe your uncle or somebody you know grew up with any of these guys or has a connection, and you want to share a story, just uh, drop us a line. We'd love to hear from you. I don't know. Mike, I, I want to break in here. I have I have breaking news. The legendary Starbucks, Cow- the legendary Stardust Cowboy, has a Christmas album that's available on eBay. Oh my god, we have to get that. That is. <laughs> That's it's what we need to do. Disc. That's our Christmas episode this year. It's a flexi disc. You somehow <laughs> got to find that thing, and that's our Christmas episode. That's wow. gotta be. That's got to be what we do for Christmas. We got to share that with the world. <laughs> got to be on YouTube somewhere. Wow. And I know what I'm getting you guys for Christmas. What's his name again? The legendary what? Legendary Stardust Cowboy. Legendary Starbust Cowboy. Oh, wow. Anyway, Legendary Stardust Cowboy. We love you. We, if he would like to be on our show, I would welcome him to be on our show. I don't know if we get any content out of him, but I'd welcome him. Well, that wraps things up for today. You can find links and notes from today's show at brainstable.com. We'd love to hear from you, so like and share us on Facebook. Follow the show on Twitter at Texas Podcast. Or go to Brainstaple and leave some feedback. You can find our show and many other great history podcasts at historypodcasters.com. And why not follow us individually, too? I'm on Twitter at Mr. Java. I'm Max Shaw with two ends. And I'm Scotticus. Hey, do you like this show? Because you should tell your friends about what we're doing. And then you and your newfound friends who share the love of podcasting in Texas should go to iTunes and leave a review. Because that helps us to find new listeners just like you. And if you want to support the show financially, please visit patreon.com slash texaspodcast, where you too can become a come-and-take-it Texas Ranger. We hope you'll join us next time, and remember that even if you aren't from Texas, Texas wants you anyway.